0: Good. Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It is Amanda and Barron on Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and twelve twenty AM. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor for this first half, which is Oddmo's Pizza. Absolutely amazing food. You guys cannot go wrong. So if you do not want to cook today, like myself, yeah. then stop and get yourself an Oddmos pizza, pasta, dessert. They have all of the things.
1: And now that it's you know it's early in the morning here. On Saturday, but for those that haven't seen the forecast, it is supposed to rain all like Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We got like several days of rain. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is, oddballs will bring this to your house. Yeah. Oh,
0: delivery?
1: And for those that don't know, you can get pizza and beer. They will bring beer to your house, mm-hmm. they will bring pasta. They will bring tiramisu, which is a dessert.
0: Oh my goodness, the which, best dessert by ever! By the way,
1: we have an amazing guest. Tiramisu could play into that. Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but my point is, just don't go on the rain. Have Audibles bring it to you. Absolutely. Okay. So speaking of our guest, it is nine thirty. It's nine o'clock here. Mm-hmm. But you know, do you know what time it is in Italy? No. Six p.m. Okay. Now, just a real quick backstory. Then when you our guest. I went to high school in Hermiston, okay, Eastern Oregon, and I graduated in 1982. Our guest and I actually went to high school together. Oh, okay. And she worked in Seattle for a while and then moved to Italy. hmm So, Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Baron. It's great to be here. Now, tell the listeners if they could help visualize on a map where are you at in Italy. Okay, so I'm
2: in um, Oristano, which is uh, in the providence of of Oristano, in uh, Sardinia. And Sardinia is the second largest island in the Mediterranean, firstly behind Sicily. So Sicily is at the very bottom of the boot, the big island there. And then Sardinia is up between the coast of Rome and um, basically Spain. So it's out in the Mediterranean, um, up from Sicily, and then the next island up is Corsica, which is France.
1: So you so you live on an island.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah, I live on an island.
1: That is in so the Med, cool. Yeah.
0: That is cool. That's actually really cool.
1: <laughs> and what makes this amazing, man is Karen and I grew up in the desert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now she's
1: out the sea. <laughs> and and when when we were in high school, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Karen, but like you did all the farming things, right? So, you, oh, yeah. you, were, you, were, you were the cowgirl in eastern Oregon, and now you're, now you're what? You're a sailor in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I'm a
2: slack chef, but um, I live on a sailboat, yes, at the moment because I'm redoing my house. So, um, but I am a pretty good sailor at this point, yeah. Good I for have, uh, you. You live on a sailboat.
1: Boat.
0: That's awesome. Good for you.
1: <laughs> well, uh, one of the things we always do, Karen, is we recap for the listeners who our guest was last week. And our guest last okay, week cool. actually called us from just outside Austin, Texas. Yes, uh, and we we actually told him his name's Dean Yeager. We had an amazing conversation about the globalization of food. And how if you want good food, it needs to come from good soil. Mm-hmm. And we said we were going to go on a road trip to go visit his farm. I think we need to go on a road trip to go um, visit her house. Yes. <laughs> like your <laughs> cell <boat>.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. That would be too fun. Too that fun. would be. So what was the big takeaway from you, Amanda, with the whole conversation with Dean?
0: I think, I guess, just how he even... I guess just how it comes down to the dirt again um, and that it's you have to feed your dirt properly in order to get the best plants and the best food from it. Even even what your um, cows eat, uh, your pigs eat down to that. What And so um, that's what I took away the most from it. And I think he's touched on that before in the past as well. And just the proper way to go about how to. I guess re give life to your soil and how you don't have to feed it a bunch of pesticides and that you can use, you know, bugs and different things to fight other bugs and pesticides.
1: Right, right, yeah. Um, and again, I don't know, I don't know everything your family did, Karen, back in Eastern Oregon, but because my family lived in town and my dad worked for the railroad, so I, I'm not a farmer. I just lived in farm country, but I vividly remember, you know, going out and you would see you would see these guys plowing their fields. To get ready for the next crop, and Dean talks about how you go from one crop to a new crop, and you utilize the one crop to fertilize the soil Mm -hmm. for the next crop. And so, regenerative farming is a completely different form. Mm -hmm. But he has—he said he had billions, like billions of phytonutrient or not um, micronutrients inside of the soil. Mm
0: -hmm. And he also said that if you have to keep feeding it, it should be getting healthier as it goes as time goes on, not um, depleted of its nutrients. Right. He said, if that's the case, then you're doing it wrong.
1: Well, it was a very interesting discussion. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know, our show does go to podcast on Mondays. And so go back and listen to the, the discussion about the globalization of our food system. Yes. The other thing we've been doing, Karen, is I have this magazine. It's a Time magazine called 100 Disease Fighting Foods. We've just been going through it today's food is black pepper. Oh. Now, if I caught something you said a second ago, Karen, did you tell me you're a chef? Yeah. So you might have some interesting thoughts on black pepper.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
1: So here's, well, what, here's uh, what, here's what the book says and then we'll throw your thoughts in, Karen, if that's okay. Okay. So the yeah. book, the magazine says, grab the pepper meal. This kitchen stable reduces blood markers of inflammation. So if you want to get Almost all diseases is inflammation related, and using it with other spices can enhance its benefits. The pipe, the pepperin in black pepper has been shown to significantly boost the absorption of cacormin, the compound responsible for turmeric's vibrant hue, which possesses potent anti-inflammatory properties. There's a whole lot of words in that. I don't know what they mean, but in human research, consuming, Curcumin alone results in blood levels of it that were either undetected or very low. But the addition of pepperin increases its bio viability by 2000%. Bottom line is, all of these different components together in the black pepper is what makes it so powerful. Okay. Except what does the chef have to say to us?
2: Okay, well, I love black pepper and I use a lot of it. And I like like mixes of pepper, like the all different kinds of peppers. But I think that uh, I'll tell you what the Italians think. They say, <clears throat> "Pepe famali, peperoncini fambani," means but the pepper is bad. That's what the Italians say. But the peperoncini, which is the chilies, that just does you well. So they. Basically, don't use tons of black pepper unless they're doing, like, a tache pepe, which is a pasta with, like, basically pecorino cheese, and uh, they use it with pasta water, and then they do a lot of ground pepper on top, or, like, a carbonara, which would be a egg pasta. So it's like a hollandaise sauce almost, and, and it just makes this creamy, beautiful yellow egg sauce. And they put a ton of crushed back black pepper in on top but the Sardanians where I live they use a ton of chili and they think that chili does something for um, stimulating your blood and making your um, your blood or the they, they say it's good for your, your blood is for the sangue so they 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 really preach to not use black pepper which is odd but um, I think that as far as healing properties I think you're right on I think they did a ton of research when I had cancer. I read every book known possible. You know, eat to live and <laughs> beating cancer with diet, and I mean all these these different books I read. And I think that I think that they write on it, which it, which they say that it does something to boost your boost your ability to fight disease in general, not yeah. just cancer. But well, there's
1: a lot. There's a the lot. of science
2: would argue with. The Sardinians would probably argue with you, going, no, no, pepi
1: finale <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's there's part of your story when it comes to how the Sardinians thought about your cancer, and I want to get into that here in a minute, um, because you went vegan, which was a whole weird way for them to think. But let's let's get into that story here in just a minute. The, the last thing I want to do for the listeners is give them a little update on some... Uh, Some GO teams from the past and something that we're doing in the future. And this is something that you... And just because this organization is relatively new to to you, Karen, but um, we've been around for a little over five years now, and every quarter we find somebody locally that we can help support. Uh, It would have been a year and a half ago that we got a request for, at that time was a little three-year-old boy named Ozzy. And Ozzy had a very rare brain tumor, it's called diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, uh, which basically he had a tumor at the back of his brain that it had a 1% survival rate. Um, he oh, did geez. last a year, uh, a year and a half. He lasted a year mm-hmm. and a half longer yeah. than statistically he should have, but he did pass away. And oh, we have... Tough. We have, now it's called Go Team Aussie 2.0, and it's our way of helping his family out, helping the mom and dad out, helping mom and dad get through this really mm-hmm. awful phase of their life. Yeah. Uh, so on December the 2nd, which is a, a Saturday at Honky Tonks here in Salem, this is not a fundraiser. This is a celebration of life. If anyone listening has been honored by kicking cancer at any point in the last five years, you are invited to come and fellowship together because the event is called Your Life, His Legacy. And we're Uh, trying to help mom and dad get through this mm -hmm. grieving process. I
0: can only imagine what they're going through, even still.
1: Well, you made a comment a, a few weeks back, Amanda, that how hard it would be to go in and pick up the toys.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yes. I still don't. It, it would take a very, very long time for me. I'm somebody that has a difficult time with change in general, though. Um, so something like that would put me over the top.
1: Yeah. So those are a few things that are coming up with Kicking Cancer. But um, I just feel so excited that we have somebody here with us from Italy. Um, Karen, take us back. In there. There's like two parts of your story. And, and we, we've got about uh, 15 minutes here to get to the first part of your story. Um take us back to December of two thousand eight when you were about forty-four years old and tell us what happened, Karen.
2: Well, actually I wasn't back in the US for a visit and um I was I hadn't I was living with an Italian um and at my, my fiance at the time, um, and <clears throat> he was with me on a visit here in the US and I woke up in the middle of the night with this really sharp pain like underneath my rib cage under the right side of my breast and I It it was so distinct, and it just absolutely just woke me up out of a sound sleep. And I got up, and I just was, like, feeling, and I could feel, like, hard, like, little rock in the bottom, like, sitting on my ribcage. And I thought, the first thing I thought, and the weird thing is, is, I did find out that there has been one great aunt in my family with cancer. But the first thing I thought is, I've got breast cancer. And it was a weird thought, because I never thought of it. I didn't know anyone who had had cancer. And all my friends, and at that point, now, a lot of my friends have had cancer, but um, I just I just thought, I'm in trouble. And so I said to my fiance, I said, are you sure? I said, I think I found something. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Are you sure I can get health care in Italy? And if I go back, because I was, like, going to stay. I was like, crap, I've got to stay. And I didn't have insurance here in the U.S. And I knew that it would be just a nightmare if I did have cancer. So I was, like, a little panicked about that because I had already moved to Italy and he was like, no, 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 you have permission to live there. You you have health care. And I said, okay, so we go back to Italy. I get everything sorted so I can actually go in and use the system. Got a regular doctor, went to the gynecologist. She took a look at it. She said, oh, this, um, yeah, I definitely feel something there. We need to get you in for a mammogram and um, an ultrasound. So I, get in. I got in right away, which was unheard of, because I had friends that spoke really good Italian. At that point, I spoke marginal Italian. I mean i have only been here like a year and a half when this happened. Um so and I had never run to the doctor. I think I'd gone to the doctor for like a really bad cough one time and but they just saw me without even any paperwork or anything. They just got me in with a friend's friend's doctor in town. So got everything done, went in, got a mammogram scheduled and went into they did it, it was the main one of the main hospitals near my town, which was, you know, Six minute drive away. So I get in and the guy's taking the images and the mammogram and he just looks at me about halfway through the images and he said, um, do you think that you have time? That Could you stay and, you know, can we do an ultrasound today? Because I really don't like what these images and, uh, it, you know, would it bother you too much to stay and get an ultrasound? I'm like, absolutely not. Because I, I got an ultrasound appointment, but it was for like two months later. And he's like, I really want to take a look at this. I need to look at the ultrasound so, of course, me being mis- Google, um, I had already Googled, you know, cancer, breast cancer, what do images look like, and I already knew what bad images look like. So I'm sitting there watching him with the um, ultrasound, and I'm just going, and he's like, this is what I see, what do you eat, and this is why I don't like it. And I'm, I just was like, I'm screwed, <laughs> completely screwed. So um, I, I just, you know, like, I think it's like a knowing. I, I don't know. A lot of my friends have said the same thing. They just knew they knew it when it happened to them. They knew that it was that, was you know, and not not being dark and you know negative about it. But you somehow, I think your core knows that you just you know that there's something that's off. So, and I mean, I, I felt I felt really healthy. And I didn't feel like I was sick. So,
1: if I could take I, you, I, I if I it, could take you back just for a second, Karen. So you're in Seattle, and you have this pain, and you could you could actually feel some little bumps or something inside there and and something inside of you said I have breast cancer even though there was no indications up until that moment that you had it and then you get back to Italy and then you're thinking it's bad but you don't know the results yeah, well, yet so something inside you is no, telling I, you it's bad right
2: No yeah but no I I was sitting watching the results come in with the doctor Okay and he said to okay. me He's like, I want you to understand because I my battalion was not really good at that point, and my tongue got much better during you know cancer therapy. But he said, I want you to know that I have seen tons of these scans, and I have done, I do this every day ultrasounds of of lumps in breasts. And he was like, you do not pass go. Do you, you do not collect a hundred dollars. You go directly to an oncologist. You said you get an oncologist subito, which is like right away. Um, and I was like. I don't know an oncologist. And so I get home and my fiance's best friend that worked with them said to me, see, and he spoke really good English. He goes, see, Karen, everything's fine. Everything was fine today at the test. See you, you don't, nothing's wrong. I'm sure nothing's wrong. I'm like, no, Fabrizio, he said to go, stupid though, to an oncologist. And Fabrizio's like, oh, no problem. I've got one. Oh, that's a but, like, fort- that's exactly. fortuitous.
1: That's fortuitous.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was a friend of his that went went to the lived in the same town of Guspini, and a friend of his became an oncologist, and she was the second in line of the big teaching hospital in Cagliari, which is the capital of Sardinia, which is about an hour away. Okay, so It's a huge, brand new hospital. And he said, "He goes, I'll call Elena on her cell phone, and I'll she'll get you in. Don't worry." So that was like on a Friday. I was in her office on Monday. Wow. I had a biopsy on I think Wednesday by Friday. I knew I had cancer and,
1: and, and it
2: was that quick.
1: and and you knew you you told me that when you saw that image, it was a really distinctive image. Can you tell the listeners what that image looked like?
2: Well it was like a looked like a kind of a fat um not egg but it was like like almost an arrow not arrow like a flat tip. Like arrowhead, but all of this—the sides of the tumor were like shady and like like uh, not fingers, but almost like it. It wasn't a clean like if it's a, a lump that is um, just filled with water, or but it was dense, and they don't like it if, if it's a, if it's a dense lump, or if it's um or if it's not uniform. It's not like just round or has clean edges. It was very um, finger like on the edges. So it was, it, it, it just, it, it looked like it was a foreign object in there. It didn't look like it it was just a fat lump or um,
1: some sort of liquid. And and I, I see Amanda's got a question for you, Karen.
0: Well, I just find it so interesting that they, how you just, you went and found an oncologist and got, Just in like that, Um, because I know when we go to doctors here, you've got to get a referral, and then that doctor's got to reach out to you, and it's got to be accepted, and then you get in. So I'm just really happy for you that you got in so quickly, Um there's there, there's challenges. there's cases
1: here karen where it could take you weeks or months to get in because of the bureaucracy of yeah. the medical system here and you were able to go back yeah, and within a, it is really our, our system is seriously on top broken. Broken. of the
0: language barrier too like i'm just that's yeah. amazing that you well, got in like that
2: i have really good friends and then also my oncologist elena speaks english so that was really really super helpful and she just took me under her wing and we are really good friends now like i can call her anytime
1: that's awesome so so um, within so within a week within a week you know you have cancer and again this is back in 2009 so what did they do to treat the cancer back in 2009 how did how did they well, take she care said,
2: of it? i went to see the surgeon like the next week with the mammograms and the um the biopsy results and the the images from the ultrasound and then the surgeon said you know we can get you in i think it was a week and a half later and i went in for a quarter mastectomy and um they took two i think lymph nodes in the line that because they did some tests that showed where the blood supply in the breast is kind of where it would trail and look towards the lymph nodes and at that point they said these two lymph nodes could be suspect so they took them and they wanted to make sure that the lymph nodes were clear, that it, that it hadn't moved into my lymph nodes already. Because they knew it was cancer, so they knew what they were going after. And so I went in, like, it was like a, not even two weeks I was in for surgery. So
1: so when, when they tested was, the lymph nodes, were they clear?
2: Lymph nodes were clear. They said the margins were clear around the tumor. And they said that, you know, hey, everything's fine. So, so I and I had already because my oncologist is already talking about chemo and all this. He's like, no matter what, you probably need to do chemo. You need to do all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, if my lymph nodes are clear, my margins are clear, I'm not doing anything. I'm just gonna thank my lucky stars. I'm gonna move forward. Well, again, I just, I yeah. You know.
1: one thing I want to remind the listeners of because it's something that you just said that many listeners may not realize, but um, once the t- once any cancer leaves its point of origin, in your case the breast, and it gets into the lymphatic system, that's when it becomes metastatic. So by your, yeah. by your by your by your um, test coming back clear, it means that you did not have metastatic breast cancer. You just had isolated breast cancer. That's the good news yeah. in okay. your case, right? Okay. Yeah. Except something happened, and we've got about two or three minutes for the break. Something happened after they came back clear, and and tell the listeners what happened after that, Karen.
2: Well, it was about a month later. All the actual tumor results came back, and then when they diagnosed what type of cancer it is, what you know, if it's estrogen or progesterone, positive um, or negative. And then at that point they came back and my oncologist, she was like, she was pale. Like she was, she called me to come in for the results. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to go all the way down to Calgary for the results. Just tell me what the results are on the phone. She was like, no, no, you need to come see me. So my fiance and I went down to Calgary. We go into her office and she, she takes us into their main oncology office and she's like, um, listen, here's the deal. She said, um, you need to start therapy immediately. And I just looked at her I go, no, I, we talked about this. We're, I'm not doing therapy. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's pointing at this piece, piece of paper. And I mean, seriously, her she her face was so white. And she was almost in tears. And she said, she's pointing to this thing on the paper. She's like pointing and like tapping her hands on the paper. And I'm like, what? She goes, this is bad. She said, this is, it's Treb Dewey. C-E-R slash um, C-E-R-B slash two. And it's it's translated into, into her too. And so she said, you have this type of cancer. And she said, it is one of the most dangerous, the most, this cancer kills women. She said, you have to do this therapy. You have to. You have to do chemo. You have to do radiation. You have to. She went through this. You have to do her or her deptin. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. My margins are clear. I said, I'm not doing anything else. And she's like, no, you have to. This is to everyone. She said, this is very dangerous. She said, you have to do treatment." And I'm like, I just was sitting there like, I was in tears, of course, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing, I'm fine, I'm, I'm fine, I don't feel sick. And she was like, you have to do this, and she just, she was like adamant, and I was like, I was in shock, and I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me this before I had, you know, the quarter mastectomy? I said, maybe you didn't get it all, and she's like, no, it's the type of cancer that's so dangerous. So her two goes into about twenty percent of all breast cancer cases are her two positive. And except her two comes except
1: yours was positive, positive, positive. Your had right if they
2: have degrees of the awfulness of her two. So they have they represent it with pluses. There's a plus, one plus, two plus, or three pluses. Three pluses being the worst, and that's what I had. So at a certain point. It wasn't just, a, I mean, I don't think it matters if you have got one plus or three pluses. The, the fact is, that if you test positive for HER2 breast cancer, you need Herceptin, which is the drug I took. You and, need it. You need it no matter what.
1: And just to let the listeners know, um, her the HER2 is a protein they're checking for in the breast tissue, and because it's positive, it's producing yeah. too much of that protein. So the HER2 yeah. positive means it's producing too much of that protein. Okay, And... What they've got to do is they've got to slow down the production of that protein. Except in your case, it was plus plus plus. It's a very aggressive production of that protein, and that's why it was so devastating. We've got about one more minute, and I want to leave the listeners with a little bit of cliffhanger because this wasn't your first time, was it, Karen? This 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 first time. This, this 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 you thought things were clear, but we've got part two of your story, don't we?
2: Yeah, no, I no, I thought I, I thought a year of therapy
1: to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's get in heavily into part two of your story after the commercial break.
0: Okay, perfect. Then I'm going to okay. give a huge shout out to our sponsor for this half first half, which is Odd Moe's Pizza. You guys go down there and just don't worry. You don't even have to go down there, like Baron was saying. You can have it delivered to you with beer, pizza, chicken, pasta, dessert. It doesn't get much better than that, you guys. So give Odd Moe's Pizza a call and get your orders in on this. Rainy
1: day. Yes.
0: All right, we'll be right back.